do Jews believe in Satan? And so, or, so the, the simple answer is, yes, Jews do believe in Satan, or in its Hebrew form, Satan. We believe in the Satan because it's found in our scriptures. In other words, we had it first. It is found in Jewish scriptures. Um, the Satan is mentioned twice in our scriptures. Once in the book of Zechariah, um, where Satan challenges Yehoshua Kohen Gadol, Yehoshua the high priest. He says, The Satan was standing right on his right side to challenge him. And um, then the prophet Zechariah berates the Satan um, for daring to challenge Yehoshua the Kohen Gadol. Um, the second and perhaps more known time Satan is mentioned is in the book of Job. When there, at the beginning of the book of Job, Job is a very wealthy and successful individual who is also very God-fearing. And Job, and Job challenges, and Satan asks God for permission to challenge Job and says Job is only God-fearing because um, you give him everything he wants. But if you took some things away from him and made life a little more difficult, Job would not be so God-fearing. He would not do what you want. And so God gave permission for Satan to challenge Job. And indeed, um, the rest of the book of Job then discusses, Job then goes through a lot of suffering. He loses his wealth, his children die, and he, is, uh, he becomes very sick. He goes through a lot of suffering. And the rest of the book of Job is a question of how God allows for suffering. So I'm not going to address that question at all in this class. We gave a class some time ago on the topic. It is a topic that we keep coming back to because um, it's a topic that we have a lot of questions about, why God allows for evil and suffering. But that's, again, outside the scope of this class. We're going to now rather focus on the Satan. So the Satan is mentioned twice in our scripture. Now, the word Satan, though, while the Satan is mentioned twice in our scripture. The word Satan as a verb is mentioned many, many times in our scripture. So we know what the word Satan means. Um, the word Satan means to challenge. And so um, it means to challenge, to obstruct. Um, and it's used many times in different contexts, such as when God tried to obstruct um, Bilam, when he went to um, try to uh, curse um, the Jewish people in the story of Bilam and Balak, um, or David is uh, the Philistines when David tries to make a treaty at one point with the Philistines, the Philistines are afraid that David will um, be less Satan, will obstruct them um, because they thought that he was really, um, he was a double agent, he was on two sides. Um, so the word Satan means to obstruct or to challenge. So usually that's the way it's used in scripture, um, as obstructing, challenging, blocking, causing someone to uh, stop or to stumble. However, Satan, as we said, is used twice in our scripture as a noun, as the challenger, as the one who challenges others. So what then is exactly Satan? What exactly is he? And so often we call Satan an angel. What then is an angel? 
So some of you may recall some time ago, um, it's maybe a year or two ago, we did a class about angels. And we mentioned then that the Hebrew word for angel is malach, which essentially means a messenger. And I believe the English word angel comes from a Greek word that also means messenger. And so an angel is simply a messenger from God. But it is not an individual, a person who serves as a messenger, that serves as a messenger for God. It is rather what we could call a message of God. God influences our world in all sorts of different ways. God, we believe, controls everything that happens in this world. And so therefore, God works with this world and impacts us in different ways. And each of those things is called malach, is called angel. Sometimes it's just an angel making nature take its course. As the Midrash tells us, that every single blade of grass has an angel making it grow. In other words, God's force making nature take its course. And then some, uh, sometimes we speak of more detailed or complex um, malachim, more complex messengers with more complex missions and goals and purposes, um, things that God is trying to accomplish or trying to achieve in this world. So rather than calling malach a messenger, we might be better off thinking not malach as a messenger, but as a message itself. Every godly force on this, in this world is called malach or is called angel. So Satan then, so there are different kinds of angels, different ways God expresses himself. There are sometimes God is kind to us. They're called angels of kindness. Often the angels of kindness are put into a general um, uh, into one general name, all of God's kind forces in this world. We call it Michael which is found in the book of um, Daniel, the book of Daniel. Um, And so we speak of the angel Michael. It's God's force of kindness here in this world. Sometimes we speak of the angel Gabriel, also mentioned in Daniel. Um, And that is God's um, force of discipline here in this world. So we have different forms and God impacts us in different ways, all reflecting how God is impacting our world and how God is responding, um, influencing our world. So Satan then, the challenging angel, or the challenges then, is also an angel. And so it is God's way of challenging us, making it hard for us to do what we are supposed to be doing. Satan is then the challenges that we face, God's force in challenging us, making sure we are supposed to do what we do. In Judaism, of course, we believe that the challenges that we face, or Satan, is not something that is independent of God. There is no force independent of God, and nothing exists outside of God. So Satan, or challenges we face, are not Satan, the force behind the challenges, is just another expression of God. In other words, God is placing challenges in front of us in order to make our life difficult. But it is not that these challenges are going against God, going against what God wants, even though sometimes these challenges appear very ungodly. Sometimes the challenges we face 
appear the things that God sends our way to discourage us from doing the right things don't seem like anything God would ever want to do or don't seem like anything godly. Yet we know that every challenge, no matter how difficult or no matter how ungodly it seems, is just another malach, is just another message of God, um, Satan, God's force, challenging us. And so Satan is then, or challenges that we have, which we call Satan, uh, we could call it a satanic force, if you will, or the power of Satan, um, Koach HaSatan, it's often called, um, is simply another expression of God. The way God challenges us. Now, how does he challenge us? So the Talmud and the Midrash are full of stories about Satan. They're full of stories of how God challenges us in different ways. One Midrash, well-known Midrash, speaks of Abraham. Abraham, in his greatest challenge that God gave him, God told him to sacrifice his son, Yitzchak, his son whom he had waited for and it was born to him at the age 100. God told him to sacrifice Yitzchak. Very, very difficult command. We did some class, a class some time ago about how God could have asked Abraham to do such a thing. Suffice to say that God never intended for him to actually carry it out. And he told him to stop. He was just kidding. Um, um, however, God gave Abraham this instruction. It was a very difficult instruction. It was going to be Abraham's greatest test. Once he passed this test, God said, now I know that you can do it all. However, the Midrash tells us that on the way, Satan came to try to block Abraham. The Midrash says first he appeared as an old man. The old man comes to Abraham and says, what are you doing? Where are you going? And Abraham says, oh, we're going up to the mountain to pray to God. And the old man says, well, then why do you have a knife with you? Why do you need a knife for prayer? And so Abraham says, oh, in case we get a little hungry, we could slaughter an animal and we'll eat something. And uh, the old man says, don't fool me. I know what you're doing. You're going to sacrifice your son. Don't you know that God doesn't want sacrifice, human sacrifice? How can you do such a thing? And Abraham says, go away. I do not want to. I will not listen to you. I know what God has instructed me. I will not pay attention to you. And then Satan appears as a young man and comes to Isaac, who's a young man at the time, and says, um, do you know where you're headed? And he says, I'm going with my father to offer a sacrifice. And so um, this young man tells Isaac, well, you're offering a sacrifice. You got a knife over there, but where's the animal? And Isaac says, good point. I don't know. He turns to his, he turns to his father and his father, he asks his father, where's the animal? His father says, well, God said you will be the animal. And so Isaac said, well, if God said so, then so be it. I am prepared to do what God wants. And so, um, so then um, uh, Abraham tells Isaac, do not worry about this individual who is trying to dissuade you. Ignore him. He is just trying to stop you from doing the right thing. And then Satan appears before Abraham as a raging river. And uh, Abraham cannot cross the river. It's a raging river. Abraham does not hesitate. He and Isaac dive into the river and try to and fight the current in order to get across the river in order to continue on their way. 
So this is just a sample of how Satan attempts to stop us. And uh, so we really have what we call Satan or challenges um, that really can be split. And we have many in our lives um, and we have throughout our lives. And so what we call Satan or the challenges, the obstacles that we face can really be split into three different categories. The first is within ourselves. And um, we often call it, in he, we, our Hebrew term for it is, the Yetzer Hara, the evil inclination. We believe that every single person has within them an evil inclination, a negative inclination that can encourage them, that can and will encourage them to do the wrong thing. Even though we know it's wrong, we, are, we have this thing inside us that encourages us to do the wrong thing. And we are told that even the um, greatest of people can also face, be encouraged to do the wrong thing and can also face inner challenges, inner struggles where they have a, suddenly a temptation to do something wrong. Sometimes someone does a horrible thing People say, how could they have done it? How can such a person have done something so bad? I knew them. They were such a good person. And the reason is we believe that every person has within them an evil inclination. And every person in this inclination is irrational. And it makes us do sometimes things that are irrational, sometimes things that are, that are, uh, things that are bad for us, things that are bad for others, things that are bad for that God does not want us to do. It is our evil inclination. Some people struggle with bigger evil inclinations, some people with smaller. Everybody has it. Um, as a rule, the more you give into it, the, more, the bigger it gets. The more you re, um, repress your negative inclination, the, more, um, the, the less it will bother you. But it is still there, and it can always rise up at any time to challenge you. No one is immune from it. We all have this inclination, and it can encourage us to do bad things. And when you wonder how wonderful people can sometimes do bad things, weren't they a good person? They were a good person, and they are a good person, but they have an evil inclination just like every single one of us. And uh, every single one of us can at any moment do uh, bad things, uh, bad on a small scale, on a big scale, things that harm ourselves, things that harm others, we all spend our lives fighting this negative inclination. So that is our first part of Satan, of the challenges that we face, that God created us with, which is this negative, this evil inclination that we always face, that we're constantly struggling with. And life is a battle. We constantly fight this, this struggle with it. The second kind of Satan that we have um, is external. The second type of challenge that we all face is external. And this is, comes from other people, other individuals. We are, we people are social creatures. And um, in the words of um, one of our great, um, uh, one of our great thinkers, um, in Chavat Halvavot, it says, people are Adam hum medini. People are social. That's just the way we are. People respond, most of what we do is because of the way other people will look at us, how other people will respond to us. Even our values and what we expect, most of it is influenced social. Our norms, our expectations, how we live, everything 
is all based on social influences. The way we all got dressed this morning is all based on our social influences. That's not a bad thing. But sometimes social, our social influences or others influence us towards negative things. And sometimes it can be extremely difficult to go against the current and to do the right thing especially when other people around you are encouraging you to do something wrong. And sometimes we're intimidated by people around us. Sometimes people are um, trying to convince us of things that we know are wrong for us. And so we often face outside pressure, whether from individuals, whether from many people, whether from a general culture around us. We often face this pressure to do the wrong thing, to, to indeed, and, or not to do the right thing. We face challenges. And so again, Satan, as with Abraham, Satan sometimes comes in the form of other people. Sometimes those other people mean bad. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they mean well. But they still pose a challenge to you. They're still posing a challenge in you from doing the right thing. And then we have a third kind of challenge, which is simply like the raging river that Abraham faced. An obstacle that gets in our way. We all have um, obstacles, physical obstacles, emotional obstacles that get in our way where we want to do something wrong, but we, something right, but we don't have the energy to do it. Or we don't have something's very difficult. We don't have the means to do it. We don't have the ability um, or how can we, or we're, we have, um, we're being pushed to do something wrong. So sometimes we have obstacles that get in our way. Outside things, not necessarily other people that also get in our way, also serve as challenges, challenging us, to cha- um, challenging us from doing the right thing. And sometimes all those three things come together. The evil inclination with others around us, with physical obstacles, all challenging us from doing the right thing. So now the question then is, well, why does this happen? Why do we have these challenges? Why does God challenge us? How can God challenge us? How can God be sending other people to tell us to do the wrong thing? How can God create within ourselves a negative inclination that pushes us to do bad things? How can God place in front of us obstacles blocking us from doing what we're supposed to be doing? from doing the right thing? How does God do that to us? How can He encourage us to do wrong? And then you wonder, if God is challenging us, if God put this in my way, if God gave me this inclination to do this bad thing, this very, very difficult inclination that I have a lot of trouble overcoming, that is such a struggle to deal with, maybe God just wants me to give in to it. After all, why did he give it to me? Right? Maybe he wants me to give in to it. And so some of you were at our, um, we recently did a Kabbalah class on this topic. And um, in our class, we um, dealt with some of these questions. Um, and we, um, res- the, we responded by using a parable from the Zohar. The Zohar has this a very famous parable. The Zohar tells us, about a king who has a son who he decides that he wants to build his son's character. And so he goes and he hires a prostitute to try to seduce his son in order to build his son's character. Now this 
I should point out, is not a good idea. (laughs) In other words, it is not good for we humans who already face enough challenges in life um, and who do not control everything that happens and don't have the ultimate shut-off button in case things go wrong for a controlled test um, to try these kinds of tests. So much so that every day in our prayers we ask God, please do not test us. And we try to do everything we can to try to avoid being in situations where we or anyone whom we care about should be tested or face a challenge. Yet, God does try this trick. And so, like this king, God who hires this prostitute to seduce his son, God, so to speak, puts challenges in front of us. Now, why why did this king do it? Why did he hire this prostitute? Not because he wants the son to fail. It's because he wants the son to succeed. In other words, if the son would give in to the prostitute, then the son would have failed. By the son overcoming his temptation and refusing her, the son then has built his character and developed his character, and that is the goal, and that is what the king wants. But not only that, the... Yes, yes, and those whose phones are still on, please turn them on to vibrant. So the... So these... So these challenges... So these... um, So what God does is he places, the king places challenges, hires this prostitute in order to um, challenge the son. Now the prostitute herself is attempting to challenge the son, yet she doesn't want the son to give in. Because if the son gives in, she's failed. She was hired to challenge the son. If the son gives in, she's failed. Did she get paid in the way? No. No, her goal, is, her goal is for him to succeed, for him to say no. So if he, if he, if, if he, if he fails and gives in to her, if he gives in to her requests, then she has failed because her goal is for him to succeed. So now... And this, this is the kind of paradox that we live in. Why? God created, God created challenges for us. Why did he create challenges for us? So, while we don't create challenges for ourselves, God created challenges for us in order to allow us to do good. The Zohar tells us that God is the ultimate goodness and Teva Hatov, the nature of good, is to do good. God wants to do good. God wants to give us good. God wants us, His creations, to be good. Here's the problem. You cannot be good without bad. If you were programmed, if you were programmed, you had no choices. You did everything exactly as you were supposed to. You simply, perhaps you had feelings, but you had no choices. Everything you ran as a machine. 
You had no choice of your own. Everything was exactly the way you were supposed to be. Every decision you made was exactly the decision as you were supposed to make it. It was, pre, was preordained for, for you from the moment you were born. Then you could not take credit for anything that you have done. Any good thing you had done, you simply were programmed. You were programmed to do it. You didn't choose to do it. That's what you were programmed to do. So there is no good without bad. You cannot make a good choice if you don't have a bad choice. So if we were simply creations, like we believe animals are, like we believe angels, as we said, messages from God are, they're simply programmed. They do exactly what they're programmed to do. Then we would have no good. We wouldn't be doing any good. If you don't do bad, you don't do good. So God, however, wanted us, the crown of his creation, humans, to have the opportunity to, to do good and have the opportunity to be his partners in creation, to transform our world and our lives by doing good. Now, in order to do good, he needs to give us bad choices. Without the bad choice, you can never choose good. You can never choose to do um, the right thing. Yes, Don? So if Adam and Eve had not eaten the apple and done the bad, would we never have these choices in our life? We would have. God created the evil inclination. And we were all destined to have choices. And God created our world as a world with choices. So if it wasn't them, it would have been somebody else. What would have happened without Adam and Eve eating for the apples? A whole different discussion for a different time. So it wasn't an apple, by the way. There's a number of different views as to what it was, but it definitely wasn't. Another class. Okay. So, write that down. So, so when God, so when God places challenges before us, the goal of those challenges is not for us to do bad. The goal of the challenges is for us to do good, in order for over for us to overcome those challenges. That is why God creates it. However, at the same time, we need to remember that every single challenge that we face is not an anti-God. It's not a force independent of God that is now challenging us. It's not something outside of God. But God himself, the creator, our creator, is placing this challenge before us in order for us to overcome it. In order for us to get past it. Which knowledge of that actually helps us overcome our challenges. If every time we face a challenge, we remembered that this challenge is not here for us to fail, but it's for us to succeed. The reason why we are tempted to do this bad thing, or the reason why this friend of ours is encouraging us to do something wrong, or the reason why um, it is very difficult for us to do the right thing, is because God wants us to make the right choices. And so he's giving us the opportunity to make the decision. Now sometimes he makes that very, very difficult. Sometimes it's a really easy decision. Sometimes it's a very, very difficult decision. It's very, very hard to make the right choice. The harder it is, the better 
the more good when you've made the right choice, when you've done the right thing. So God challenges us because He believes that we have the ability to overcome those challenges. He believes that we're able to overcome it. So, when we speak of Satan, when we saw Satan in Hebrew, Satan is then God's negative force, God's force that challenges us. It is the challenger, um, the block that blocks us from doing what we are supposed to do. God gave us instructions um, through our Torah of how we're supposed to live our lives, what we're supposed to do, um, and we um, and we're supposed to be following that. But then He places all these obstacles in our way to make it really, really, really hard for us to do it right and for us to do the right thing. He makes it extremely, extremely difficult. Yet we need to know that that Satan, those challenges that God places before us, that's really there for our own benefit. It's there for us to overcome it. It's there for us to, um, it's there for us to uh, do, make the right choice and then continue doing good. Now, what happens? Yes? What happens when we fail? All right. What happens when we fail? If you have to know that, you shouldn't be here. So what happens? People fail. It happens. And we've all failed for many, many years. People have failed. What happens when we fail? What happens when we make the wrong decision? So the good news is that the battle continues. Once you fail, you don't stop. The battle continues. And the challenges continue. But it becomes more difficult. Every time you fail... It becomes more difficult, as I mentioned earlier. Um, one obstacle leads to another. Our sages say, mitzvah, goreret mitzvah, a mitzvah leads to another mitzvah. Avera, transgression, goreret avera leads to another transgression. Why? Our evil inclination becomes harder to overcome once we start listening to it. Our outside people that are trying to give us negative advice are hard to overcome when we give into it, uh, when we give into them. Obstacles, when we give up, um, become harder to overcome and become bigger. It becomes more and more difficult. Not only that, we often regret, and we usually regret what we do wrong. The Talmud says that Rishayim Meleim Charatot, sinners or wicked people that have done bad, are, spend their life regretting. Um, many people spend a lot of time regretting, regretting what we did wrong. Um, because we recognize that what we did when we did something wrong was really foolish. There was no need for it. We should have just not done it. Or we should have done the right thing. And um, we recognize that there was no reason to do what we did. We could, have just as, we could have done it. We could have made the right decision and we didn't. And that is why the Talmud says that when a person does something wrong, um, they have a ruach shtut, a f- spirit of foolishness. You make a foolish decision when you make it. At, at the time, the, um, it seems insurmountable, your challenge, but then you look back after, afterwards and you say, why did I do that? Why could I not have done better? So we face these challenges. It becomes all the more difficult when we fail, but we can still continue. Yet there is suffering that comes along with our failures because we've got to suffer the consequence. The Talmud actually says, Hu yetzahara, hu Hu satan hu hu That is Satan, the force that challenges us. That is our 
evil inclination, and he is also the angel of death. <coughs> the angel of death. The, also the angel of death. Why? The angel of death, in other words, God's force of punishment in this world, angel means God's force, God's <coughs> force to make people die, or for that matter, to make people suffer, is really one and the same with the negative, force, with the negative forces within ourselves and without, beyond that, cause, that challenge us. Why? In Judaism, we believe that when bad things happen, as not all bad things that happen are a response to negative things we've done, we do believe when we do bad things, bad things, when we do bad things, bad things will happen to us. And so we recognize, when we recognize that, um, not all, uh, and so we, we know that the, it's not that God has kind of a scoreboard out there where he says, yep, you got one, um, one X and one check, and so, uh, you know, and balance, kind of balance it out. But rather, we believe that there's direct consequences for every negative thing we do. And just as there's direct con- positive consequences for every good thing that we do. And so the negative force, the negative challenge that challenged us, itself then becomes the source of our suffering, then becomes the source of our punishment. In other words, we suffer the greatest um, suffering, the greatest challenge that we face, or the greatest um, punishment that we face is what comes directly from the bad that we've done. And so the bad itself, the negative that we've done, itself then causes us to have to deal with it and struggle with it, struggle with what we've done and the consequences of what we've done. Yet, we always have the ability to continue fighting. The battle is never over. And this goes in two directions. No matter how much bad a person has done, the battle is never over. You can still do good. And we have in our history many examples of individuals who had done much bad in their lives. And yet, they still, do, they still did good. That doesn't cancel, necessarily cancel out the bad. Once you've done a bad thing, there's no way. We have a process of teshuva. We did a class about it some time ago. Uh, but it's very difficult to undo. Um, however, you, continue, you can continue battling your entire life. And you can make good decisions as well. And the same thing is also the other way. Even somebody who has never done anything wrong their entire life still faces challenges and still has an evil inclination. And um, the Talmud tells about sages who foolishly said, um, I have, I'm not afraid, I have nothing to be afraid of, I will not do anything wrong. And they, they, then they themselves faced a serious challenge and ended up doing something wrong. So, uh, and that could happen to any of us, any person, can um, every person faces challenges throughout our lifetime? The evil inclination and the Satan doesn't disappear as we get older, believe it or not. Um, it changes. It doesn't, maybe the things that we were tempted when we were young don't become our temptations when we're old. The challenges we face when we were younger, not the challenges we're facing when we're old. But yet the Yetzahara continues, is still there and doesn't disappear. It doesn't go anywhere. And so, and the, cha- the Satan, the challenges that we face. So we have to recognize that we continue to face these challenges. Every person has them. And it is up to us to overcome those challenges, continue this lifelong battle. And we're going to, even when we win, we say no once, and we do the right thing, and we do the right thing again, and we do the right thing, it becomes easier, but it doesn't go away. We continue, and we're going to continue facing that challenge uh, for the rest of our lives. 
However, we do believe... Yes, Matika. I wanted to find out if... Are these challenges that we have, are they leftover like from our soul? Or do we inherit it? No. God, God wants you to do the right thing. The only way you can do the right thing is by having the option of doing the wrong thing. If you did not have the option of doing wrong, you would not have the ability to do right. You know how last week we were talking about sparks, different sparks from souls? Do those sparks... Those sparks are your missions and your goal. That's the right thing that you're supposed to be doing. Then God puts challenges in your way to make it hard for you to do the right thing. Based on the sparks. Based on what you're supposed to be doing. God places challenges in your way. And I did mention then that sometimes the things that are most difficult for us to do, that's where our mission actually lies. But yes, God places challenges in our way and will continue for our, throughout our lives. And we must always re- be aware of that, remember that, that we've got to continue battling throughout our lives. Satan continues. It's a godly force um, that God wants us to be challenged. Um, and God wants us to have those challenges. And that is why on Yom Kippur, just to round it off, um, on Yom Kippur, when we are asking God for forgiveness, we not only recognize, bring a sacrifice to God, recognize the right things that we are doing, we also um, have a goat that we throw off a cliff, representing our challenges and representing our struggles. And the fact that we continue with these struggles, they don't go away. Um, we can't just focus on doing on what God wants. We must also recognize that we continue to have struggles and we must deal with them, um, battle them and continue going. Whether whatever we've done till now, whether we've won till now, we've, we're going to continue battle, battling. And whether we've lost previously, we also can continue battling and need to continue battling to continue winning each battle. We do believe that there will come a time when God will end Satan, will end our challenges, where there will be no more challenges, um, and that will come when our entire universal mission is finished with the coming of Mashiach. We believe that we are on a universal mission. We did a class about it some time ago um, where we have an end goal. And once Moshiach comes, those challenges will end. Satan will disappear and there will no longer be challenges stopping us or discouraging us from doing the right thing.